Hey guys, it's Dustin here. Uh, just wanted to give a brief message before we get into today's episode. Uh, we talk a lot about personal finance and Financial Peace University, which is a product uh, designed by Dave Ramsey um, and his company. Uh, the reason for this message is since we recorded last night, we have seen news that Dave Ramsey fired a company employee on the grounds of having premarital sex and that that violates a righteous living policy within his company. I only mention it here because had we known, we definitely would have talked about it. Uh, nothing to shy away from there. I'm not going to issue any opinions solo here. Uh, perhaps Tommy and I will talk about it next week. But didn't want that to detract from the overall uh, message around the benefit myself, Tommy, and our guest, Matt Pittman, have had from Financial Peace. And if you found an interest in that course and you search Dave Ramsey and that's the first thing that comes up, it might leave you scratching your head. Uh, it can be a difficult task to... Um, to evaluate something's worth when it's tied so closely to uh, an individual's identity and perhaps you're the type of person who is more likely to sign up to financial peace um, knowing the way Dave runs his company and maybe you're the type of person who is less likely. I'll leave it with you. But just wanted to give you a heads up. Otherwise, it's a fun episode and it has nothing to do with uh, hiring and firing practices um, due to sexual preferences. So, hope you enjoy it. That's all. We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. Like, uh, what was the name of the amphitheater you saw your concert? <laughs> hey. I saw Alanis Morissette at the Wolf Trap Theater. Thank you very much. Oh. Yeah, me and Berger were Verizon That's Wireless. True. Fair, guys. fair enough. True. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So, uh, welcome to episode 18 of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. I am Dustin Redazel. And joining me is a man who will spend uncommon prices on common projects. It's Tommy Cooksey. Yes, he will. Those shoes last. And uh, I, I'll <laughs> probably get. Uh, dragged for this one by our by our guest today, but they're not cheap, um, and they're very white in color. Um, but well, they better last. So, for those who don't know, common projects are roughly what four hundred dollars, about four hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. For some that was icy the price whites. of my first vehicle. <laughs> I mean, and which one's still around? <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Well, I was actually trying to do the uh, math on, it's like, how long would Tommy need to 
have a Netflix subscription <laughs> to equal the cost of his shoes. You know, I, I'll say this. Trying to find this. something, a unique way in. I, I, can, I can say this, though. Yeah, they're, they're definitely expensive. There's no doubt about that. Given the, um, you know, when we used to actually go into an office um, and we could, you know, you could wear jeans, you didn't have to tuck a shirt in. I probably wore them every single day. And they yeah. still, I mean, I've had them for four years. That's incredible. Five years, yeah. something like that. And the sole isn't even worn down. So, you know, look. No, Tommy, I'm definitely not judging you, man. I, I go through shoes. I like am so hard on everything that I own, which is why I would never buy something that's $400. Yeah. I buy like $40 like Kmart, you know, drivers now because I just go through them like once a month. Well, there we yeah. go. There we go. Add them up. Kmart still do it. Kmart's even around. Uh, Amazon. I guess Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for uh, the listeners, that third voice on the podcast is Matt Pittman. Uh, I've known Matt since college. We were actually both born on the same day, October 12th, 1985. Um, and we would meet 18 years later, become roommates, play college basketball together. And... Uh, he is the reason I live in Raleigh, North Carolina today. Got me a job a couple years after college. Actually, unifying quality for you guys. Pittman got me the job that got me out here to North Carolina, and Tommy got me the job that I currently have. So thank you both. Nice. Same. The pleasure is all mine, as I like to say often. Man, I am just riding coattails. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like to think you're a self-made man, but it's just not true. So, uh, Pittman, and to anybody out there, if I accidentally call Pittman Burger, uh, that's what I call him sometimes. So, we do, we don't need to get into it. Just know if I say Burger, I'm referring I to don't, Pittman. Yeah, probably I don't know why out. your college nickname of Lance never stuck, but yeah, I somehow got to keep Burger. So, you hated being called there Burger. Like you can't hate a nickname. Yeah, <laughs> or else it'll stick that's forever. True. The more you hate a nickname, the more it's going to stick around. That's just und- an undeniable truth. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we get into anything, um, this is a question Tommy and I have basically asked to kick off every uh, guest we've had on, uh, which I didn't realize it until we were like five people in, that a unique characteristic of the people we've liked talking to is that they tend to have their hands in a lot of different things. They just have like a variety of interests. And so, you know, obviously you do sales for like your W2 uh, profession, yep. right? But then you also do a lot of real estate and you do that in different forms, selling, uh, investing, uh, believe you've been in church leadership. You've taken a swing at some uh, different entrepreneurial rabbit trails here and there, and uh, you know you've even taught some personal finance classes, which is some of what we're going to talk about today. So, a lot of lead up to say when somebody asks you the question, "Oh, Matt, nice <clears throat> to meet you. What do you do?" Yeah. How do you answer that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say. I've kind of shifted a little bit based on the group that I'm in. So one of the things that I've, especially over the last six months, as I you know basically quit being in tech sales and kind of moved into doing real estate investing full time, um, I would you know basically 
you know, say that I'm a full-time real estate investor and people would, it would just a lot of times bring some really good conversations and get people kind of engaged on like asking me like, well, you know, what type of properties do you invest in and where do you invest? And, but I would say most of the time now, um, I'm just saying, Hey, I'm a tech sales guy who does a lot of other things, you know, who's very curious, Mm. I think is probably the best way to describe it. Um, I really love to do, I love business. I, I really love real estate. I would say that that's something that has become very clear over the last five or six years that it's probably, you know, kind of my passion. So I would say tech sales is what, um, fuels my real estate investing passion. Mm. Yeah. Let's, uh, I want to come back to the, the real estate thing just because I know how much of your thought space it occupies, but, I wanted to start first with something that I think you've left behind. You're not still teaching Financial Peace University classes, I'm not, are you? No, we stopped doing that. So, I think after Griffin was born, or so we taught a total of eight class or eight for eight years. We taught it. Wow. Yeah. And I wanted to start there because that's something that Tommy and I took the same class that you and your wife led. I would say top top ten and, students for sure. Uh, across the eight years, <laughs> that's right. No, you guys are always <laughs> so I? great, and you guys are both crushing it now. So <clears throat> now is the operative word. Hey, <laughs> so baby uh, steps. Pun baby intended. steps. <laughs> we, we we rolled down that debt snowball. Right. We're good to go. So, uh, I guess first and foremost. Can you explain real quickly to anybody listening what Financial Peace University is in case they don't have any familiarity? And then why did you and Joanna decide to do that for so long? Yes. So it is a nine-week course that is uh, led by Dave Ramsey, who Dave Ramsey is a personal finance kind of guru who has a very um, popular radio show. He... uh, What's great about the class is it's really just a very good kind of holistic approach to personal finance. And it, you know, he's got a lot of like Davisms that are very catchy that um, really just gets kind of the the tribe or the group of people that are involved in it at the time, just very motivated towards a certain goal. And um, I think it's cool with really anything that works well, it's all about kind of doing it in community. And so... We would lead a nine-week class where um, the people who showed up are the people who did well. The people who bought into the system are the people who did did well, which is what both of you guys did. And it was funny how the people who would come in just very skeptical or negative, you know, would last one or two weeks, and they probably really didn't have a lot of change in their life. And so uh, I think with any system, it's not perfect but it teaches you very good principles. And I also think that if you did do it, you know, Dave's way, yeah, you're going to do, you're going to do great, you know, and you might not, you know, scale or grow your, your uh, net worth as fast. I think there's a lot of different arguments against, you know, the Dave Ramsey way, but um, it's the keep it simple, stupid um, of personal finance that really works. And so, well, the, uh, I, I want to jump in real quick because you said there's a lot of arguments against some of 
the Dave Ramsey ways. It's I've I've gotten I was it's kind of like doing uh probably when Tommy started CrossFit. Like oh, when yeah. I first took Dave Ramsey, like I couldn't shut up yeah. about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there were a lot of people that had like a visceral reaction like kind you know, immediately almost politicizing like, "Oh, you're doing that?" Yeah. Yeah, the envelope guy. Oh, yeah, the envelope system, right? Yeah, let me, yeah, like like I was being huckstered. Or let me something. tell you about my yeah. credit card reward points that I'm getting back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> I was curious. What's like the most common pushback? Yeah. Or like, so I would say the hardest. Maybe not even most yeah, common. Like the most like the hardest question that I would always get would be that to give a good response to was getting just based on the way that our system is built you do need credit, you know, and you need to have a high credit score in order to get the best loan terms. And if you truly did Dave's way where you had no credit, you can still get a loan, but you have to do what's called um, traditional underwriting. And it's just a huge pain. And there's a lot of banks that won't do it. So you really are limiting the number of options um, that you have. I would say one of the things that I also have really adopted that's I don't know if it's anti Dave I'd love to have a cup of coffee with him and, and argue it out <laughs> but like a big part of how I've been able to grow a real estate portfolio is by saving up 25% down and then buying an investment property which has really allowed me to use leverage to grow uh, and in- increase passive income you know to buy properties that if I would have saved had to wait to to uh, save all that money in cash I probably wouldn't have been able to do it how much does Dave suggest putting down? Well, his, I mean, the, the real Dave enthusiasts are doing that are 100% his, down. By yeah, cash? Yep. Yeah. So, it's wild. But, so I can say, I'll jump in on something too, because um, we're all starting at a point of understanding what Financial Peace University is. And I would say probably... You know, most people, a quick Google search will kind of give you a concept of what it is. But to just the layman who's never been through like a course or anything like that, it's really just like a, essentially, it's a cash basis way of living your life. Uh, and a, a, along with strategies around how to pay down current debt, um, how to avoid future debt, as well as there were some you know tidbits around like, how to properly insure yourself, how to properly insure yeah. your family and stuff like that, which, and, and, and I'll say from, because I'm, I'm certainly someone that went into it with an open mind, but I was a bit of a skeptic cause I'm just, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm skeptical about everything, but for people that are listening to us talk about it, that are maybe newly married or, um, maybe they've been married for a long time or, or maybe you're about to be married. And if, finances have ever been a sticking point because what's like 50% of marriages end over financial disagreement. I mean, yep. it's, it's, a, it's a massive number. I couldn't recommend it enough. I, I, now, I 100% agree. Yeah. I think it's, I, I can't say that. Yeah. I can't say that me and Annie are, you know, perfect. You know, we're like, Oh yeah, we, we never, you know, you know, push back and forth on when to spend. Cause you know, they're, they're usually fine. There's someone who's a spender and there's someone who's a saver. Um, but classic principle <laughs> it is yin yin yang break gas right? i bet annie doesn't have any 400 dollars um, pairs of shoes i don't know though i mean 
Yeah. Uh, Actually, I, I would imagine that you're. I, I would imagine I, I'm. I'm totally the brakes, but she gives me the uh, the green light to uh, to push the gas sometimes. Because yeah. I'm always I'm always like, ah, oh, if we pull from this, we got to do this. Yeah. Like we had a we had a, a shower leak the other day, and it was you know it was just because the water overflowed. It was nothing big, but it did drip into our ceiling in the kitchen. And she looks at it and she's like, oh boy, I don't know. And I'm, and me immediately, I'm like, we're canceling vacations. We're, you know, so, uh, but, uh, but I would say that like, you know, if, if, if you are listening to this and any of these things apply, like you've had any types of, you, maybe you're not on the same page with even a roommate, but you know, especially a spouse on, on, um, spending, you know, your spending habits and things like that it couldn't be better to put you on the same page yeah, and give you some foundations like budgeting and things like oh, that. Definitely. So anyway, that would be, you know, for people that have no idea what we're talking about, it's sort of like a budgeting financial class that's based around cash. If Yeah. That, it forces um, you for 10 yeah, weeks really to do a deep dive into your personal finances. And if you're yeah. having a hard time spending money on a certain area, the easiest way to fix that problem is to get cash. And then once you run out of cash, then you no longer you know, spend money on that thing. And so that's what I loved. It was so funny early on where we would like run out of cash, like, you know, with like 10 days left in the month. And we're like, I'm like scrambling, trying to sell something. And like, it's like, well, hey, I'm going to find the cash. Oh, yeah. So, and, and who knows what we would have done now. I would have uh, yeah. probably been driving for Uber and Lyft and Postmates and all these different side hustles that you can do that weren't around back then when we first started teaching it. I love the hustle of Matt Pittman. It's undeniable. <laughs> Just this desire to never, to, just to never fail. I love it. So much gumption. Well, I, I think this is kind of, I was talking to Katie about this prior to hopping on. The reason I wanted you on here, Matt, is I think when you get to this point in life, we're at mid-30s, cresting into middle age, like... People have come across a means of living that may appear wealthy, it might actually be wealthy, but like the track to get to an actual secure and comfortable lifestyle is, it it almost seems like some people just caught breaks and some people didn't. And I always felt like your approach is a very replicable lifestyle right it doesn't seem like it now but like the things you had were work ethic and discipline and it's like whatever amount i'm making i'll save whatever i can first pay yourself first and that goes into this little pot and i remember what was the like the piggy bank smarty pig smarty pig and you're just like stocking cash. Like if I want to buy something, I'll stock cash until I get it and then I can buy it. And you kind of kept on doing that and it accumulated over years. And it's like that's not some magic bullet, right? It's not like uh, you invested in Google at the right time, right? It's just like you had a plan that almost anybody could work to at their own mm-hmm. scale. And do something similar. And that's also what I like about Dave Ramsey, uh, which is why I thought it was a good place to start. Um, You and Joe did that for eight years. Do you feel like it 
I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question and then explain why I'm asking it. Do you feel like it was healthy for your individual marriage to stay in that Oh, that grind so much. Of yeah. reiterating these principles for eight yeah, years. Yeah, well, I mean, as you guys know, when you, whenever you're forced to teach something or you have to like prepare for a presentation, you've got to know it to a, you know, kind of a, a very deep level. Like some of the things that I always loved the most about the class was like getting, you know, grilled at the end or doing like a Q&A where it's like, ask, you know, ask me anything. And then, so I think that for Joanna and I, like when we're kind of going through, some of the things that we knew worked well for us, it forced us to revisit what it was that we were doing that worked before. And, you know, it's easy to, to kind of get off track, but it would constantly kind of keep us um, similar to Tommy with CrossFit. You know, it's like as a CrossFit instructor, you know, you've got to be in the gym and you've got to be doing the moves to be able to show people how to do it the right way. Yeah, I, I love that it's, you know, Dust, you laid it out perfectly too, is it's like, you know, everyone wants the silver bullet. Everyone wants to be in shape. Everyone wants to have all the knowledge, but no, but, but it's not like, you know, there are some people that just, you know, by, by, by the hand of God, they were sculpted <laughs> and they didn't, they don't, they can eat whatever, whatever. There are some people that invested in Google really early and they're, they're absolutely wealthy. But this thing that we keep coming back to is the decisions that give you the freedom to eat whatever you want to eat or, um, engage in any conversation you get into or have financial uh, freedoms. It's just minute decisions every single day built on a system that is re- repeatable. It's not st- overly strenuous. At the beginning, it does feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's just like working out. Like Working out doesn't necessarily feel good. And some days it actually sucks. But if you're committed to going in every day, and then dialing in nutrition better every day, you then look at look back five ten years, and it's like that was in the in the moment it sucked, but now it's a way of my life, and I have all this extra freedom, and now something that I enjoy. And so, you know, I think that's why it's why this resonated so well with me was it's very foundational, it's very simple. Uh, I think we overcomplicate finances a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where when we came out of that class, me and Annie, we, we actually, we still have credit cards, you know, whatever we have, we have, we have, a, we have a credit card. We have a you better not be card. carrying on balance. Oh no, no, come on. Pay come it off on every I knew month. that. Come I on. knew the answer to that. Pay off every month. You know yeah. that now, and now I have all these worthless airline miles, right? Yeah. They're so <laughs> wonderful, but I can't do anything with them. But you know, at the end of the class, we just said, let's just not spend on a credit card for. A month and let's do everything cash and just almost like a financial reset button yep. to see because you can really see it is hard to see where your money's going even budgeting if you have some coming out that are come that you know that are paid like through your bank account and you have some that are paid through credit card so anyway well i was going to ask that uh both of you guys actually what do you what are you currently doing as far as a like a cadence for your family financial summit. Like Katie and I, we bi-weekly, we both have to touch a spreadsheet that we manually update where all our money is uh, on the 1st and the 15th of every month. And yet even doing that, we have found like 
as kids come on and life changes, we found that like it gets away from us. Yeah. And so we've been talking like, okay, we we need to get a babysitter just to have a sit down and comb the budget, hack some things and re replan. Yeah. Like we got to, we got to rebalance the system. Uh, do you guys have like something set or are you guys doing it like us where it's like, you wait till the pressure is enough. They're like, ah, we yeah. better talk. Well, about we it. so we we've had a lot of change in the last six months with you know just moving. You know, we've moved twice. Uh, this is you know left two jobs, started my old job again, and so we've had different you know kind of incomes and money coming in, and you know was doing some real estate agent work, and so uh, just a lot of change, and so we've definitely really focused on you know, sitting down monthly and kind of going through. I mean, with you know three different you know three kids that have different um, you know sporting events, and just I mean with COVID, it's really just like going to a park and kind of running around and paying somebody too much money. But uh, <laughs> but we we yeah we meet once a month, typically at the beginning of the month. And, uh, with just being in a new house, one of the things that we've tried to do is just do cash for, um, for furniture, you know, because we've got, you know, just when you buy a new house, it's, you know, it's fun to buy a new house. And so, um, yeah, but yeah, buying furniture for a new house can get expensive. And so we've kind of done the cash approach. And I mean, a lot of times you have to pay Venmo and then just go deposit money back into the account. But, um, and then I, I do a pretty deep dive once a month. I used to use like mint and personal capital and I still really love probably personal capital a little bit more than mint. Um, but with, I have like some business checking accounts with smaller banks that the, the technology doesn't sink. It drives me nuts, but so I have to do it all <laughs> manually. Yeah, I, I actually, so I've been using mints. We took the class and um, the, 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 just the very concept of a personal budget when I was just sing- a single dude, was like, I'm not spending much on anything. I'll just out earn, you know, out earn my stupidity. It's not that hard. Yeah, um, yeah you know, my, you know, what, what were you, you know, what were you spending on? You were spending it on your rent or, or your mortgage, and then, you know, food and booze. And that's kind of it. Yep, yep. You know, um, but yeah, we, we use Mint. We we really try to sit down once a month. It does get away from us because, you know the kids go to bed and the last thing you want to do on the first Sunday of the month is sit down and look at the finances. Yep. Especially something that I need to work on is I can be very doom and gloom. And so I'm looking at it. Like I said, I'm the brake pedal. So I'm like sitting there just sweating like, Oh, look at these things going out. Oh my gosh. But when I reframe it and we sit down and have just a very open conversation of here's what we did in February Here's what we have to spend on it. Also, it comes into like calendar planning too. Mm-hmm. Like whose birthdays are this month? Yeah. Are we going to go out to dinner for birthdays? Are we getting people gifts? How much are we spending on gifts kind of thing? Um, and so we, we do it through Mint. You know, is it perfect? Not really. But it's simple enough and um, it's flexible enough from my standpoint to be able to make it work. Um, and, you know we had this situation back. I don't remember when it was. It was sometime last year when I was looking through like the monthly expenses. And I'm like, what are these? It was like 300 bucks, 200 bucks, 150 bucks. And I'm like, what is, where did this come from? And come to find out it was like, you know, it was, it was credit card fraud. 
Oh man. But you know, if I didn't, if I wasn't doing the budget, I would have, you know, because it was, you know, it was like a hundred bucks here, 200 bucks there and you wouldn't see it, you know? So anyway, so yeah, we're, we're, we're once a month. Usually sometimes we'll miss a month. Um, I set up, we sit down for about 40 minutes and kind of go through it. I set up alerts too, where I I get notifications on like transactions over certain sizes. So that's just good to kind of keep things in check and to make sure, um, you know, something crazy is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's good policy. I wanted to, uh, circle back to the credit card thing on Dave Ramsey, just because one, it's a funny situation. And two, this was, when was that, Tommy? 2015, probably? Because I think Katie and I had just gotten engaged. It was either, I want to say it might have been 2016, like early 2016, because... That sounds right. I think we had to get a sitter a couple times for Everett, so... Yeah, that sounds right. So, uh, this was before I had gotten into any forms of group therapy. So, just sitting in a room with a bunch of people like talking about personal stuff was still a novel experience. Passing scissors around. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Well, well this is what, what got me thinking about it is since then I've spent hundreds of hours in rooms like that where you're talking people are talking about their darkest stuff. Like sexual issues, drug habits, like their their rock bottoms. And yet I I still think it's as much tension as you see on anybody to have those scissors come around. And so for those who don't know, like there's a class in Financial Peace University where the challenge is made that everybody should cut up their credit cards there on the spot and the scissors get passed around the room. And it is like really tough. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want to do it. And yet you feel the pressure. Did you, did you ever cut you one up? You was no, we did not. Well, I first of all, you had one. Did you? Here's what's crazy about it. I yeah. didn't have a credit card. Uh, I didn't have a credit card until I was like, I don't know, twenty eight, twenty nine. And even now, I don't. I don't carry one besides the company yeah. card. It just that's good. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, I don't really need yep. it. But uh, that's it's also funny on the thing about like when you guys would just run out of money. And you're like, oh, we need more cash. What do we do? I was living that way till I was like 27. So if I just ran out of money, it's like, okay, I'm eating peanut butter and crackers for the next three days. That's all I have in the pantry. Hey, Dust, you want to go out? I can go out on Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we actually, when we first did that, we decided the, the first couple of times, it was just so awkward to do the scissors thing. But it was amazing how much more successful the people in the class were when you even were forced to like confront, okay, what am I going to do with this card? Or why, how can I make the case to the group that I need this card? And yeah. it just, it just forces you to think, you know, the self-reflection of why do I have a credit card? I think is really what made, you know, that a really helpful exercise. And it kind of forced people to at least start thinking about it. Because the first couple of classes, Joanne and I did it the first time, we're like, too awkward. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, you know, starting, I think, in either class two or class three, we had so much more success, you know, with um, the overall class. I mean, the amount of debt that was paid down and, and saved. And um, so you guys must have been at least in class three. 
Yeah. If somebody's really struggling with their money and they come to you and are like, okay, I need help. I just need some advice. What's, what do you usually start with? I mean, definitely doing what Dave talked about as far as like coming up with a list of their debt, you know, getting a better idea of how much debt that they're behind, you know, whether or not they have anything in collections. Um, I mean, you know, kind of before you can really solve the problem though, you need to like figure, well, I mean, before you can resolve it, you got to figure out how to stop making the problem worse. And so, um, Mm. I think with debt, especially debt that's old, it's, it's pretty easy to get that debt negotiated down, but it doesn't make sense to start doing that unless they're going to change the trajectory of their personal finances. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have had medical debt though, that, um, they've been able to, you know, like people that had a, even, uh, were handling their, their money well, but just had, you know, kind of a, an unfortunate, um, event happened with, you know, a C-section or something that ended up being a significant debt. What, uh, I've been able to help a couple of people just, you know, and really it's super simple. Just, well, Hey, you should reach out to the business manager at the hospital and explain the situation and see what they're willing to do. And, um, isn't it amazing? You can just negotiate that down. Oh yeah. I mean, isn't that insane? That's a whole subject that we don't have time to talk about the healthcare system, but, uh, Maybe we'll find it. Works perfectly. Maybe we'll, yeah, it works exactly as it's designed to. (laughs) That is definitely true. Uh, Tommy, do you have anything on the the personal finance front before we pivot? No, I'm I'm really intrigued about the, um, the real estate aspect of things. And I think we, you know, I think just, I mean, I don't know how big our listening base is at this point, but I know the people that do listen have interest in this type of thing. Yeah. Multiple um, continents, right? Well, you Multiple know, you know, we don't. Multiple countries. I have been called um, the Mr. Worldwide of the podcasting Ooh, world. So, I like it. Yeah. I mean, by myself. The pit bull. By myself. <clears throat> so, well, it, no, I'm, I'm good on the personal stuff. So, yeah. Well, I can give you a kind of. I mean, it's something that I pursued getting my real estate license really about this time last year because it is a passion that I have, and it really ties into personal finance well. Because well, how long have you been how, how long have you been dabbling in real estate? Well, so I got started doing it when I was like eighteen with my parents. My mom was a real estate agent, and mm. she used to get these um, HUD contracts. So it was like in two thousand six, seven, eight, it was like really bad foreclosures. And so she would get these mm-hmm. contracts where she would basically have to go and clean out these like really nasty houses. And yeah. I went with her one time and I forget what they were paying to do like a clean out, but it was like 500 bucks. And I was like, as an 18 year old, I'm like, are you kidding me? 500 bucks? Like that's like, you know, amazing. So I like, yeah. it was like, well, Hey, can I do it? And she's like, yeah. And so I ended up like, you know, basically getting two of my friends, paying them 10 bucks an hour. And we knocked it out, you know, three or four hours. And I was like 500 bucks. That's amazing. And so I think what the reason why I share that story is it was really good for me at a young age to see, I mean, like distress assets and how nasty some of these homes could be. But then I would always get to see the back end too and see the work that, you know, a, a, a remodeler, a flipper would come in and do. 
And so um, the very first house that I bought in 2009 in Apex was a really disgusting house. And uh, I mean, it was a foreclosure. There was, um, I mean, there was like tons of trash in the driveway and we ended up getting it because my mom knew kind of the HUD foreclosure process. And so we made a bid and we ended up winning it, you know, by like $38 and there was like 17 or 18 bids. And so, Wow. It was uh, really cool, but I was like, oh my gosh, we, I just moved to Raleigh. And uh, I, yeah, this was in August of 2009. I started the job with Sageworks in April of 2009. I mean, we all know like Sageworks, great company, but a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of a risk to buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up buying also just a big project. And so, you know, with basically I would, um, yeah, you know, we just started working on the pro yeah, you know, the property very slowly and um I would like get a commission check and we'd put like hardy plank siding on the house. You know, I would get a commission check and like we had our we had a fridge in our uh garage for like nine months. Like no fridge in the kitchen. I mean it was like so we we just, you know, kind of grinded it out and um so we lived in that house for three years. And then we turned that property into a, uh, investment property. Mm, and so, okay. and you know, we had always wanted to, and I, I'd been looking at the time to try to buy another one, but we had known that we wanted to basically try to do the same type of thing. And that's where we found our house in, in the five points area in 2012. And we bought, I mean, we thought the first house was a fixer up or this one was like crazy. I mean, it, it was a very big rehab that we, because we were able to like save a lot of money, we were able to do a lot of that rehab with cash. We were able to stay in our house while we, we did that rehab. And um, so that's kind of how I got started, at least in buying my, I guess, uh, yeah, it's the, you, you were just, you, you were buying houses to live in, yep. living sort of in maybe not the highest of quality for a little while. Yep. Making yeah short-term no. sacrifices. And I mean, I think it, it was, it was one of those things that, um, yeah. I mean, it was, we live very frugally and we're saving a lot of money to kind of achieve what our dream was at that point, which was to buy kind of in a certain area of Raleigh that we really wanted to live in. We were, you started to go to church in that, you know, downtown Raleigh area. And we just hated the commute, you know, driving from Apex to downtown Raleigh. And so we we're like, all right, this is our goal. This is our, you know, and we were very patient, looked for a long time. And the term now is like the accidental landlord. But I think that I mean, I was never an accidental landlord because I really wanted to, to have an investment property from a young age. And so, yeah. um, so then we kept that house for four or five years and then I sold that. And then that's where I kind of made a, you know, I bought into a, you sold the house in the five points area. No, we sold the house in apex In apex. And then okay. we used the proceeds from that to buy a package of portfolio, basically a uh, package of five properties in the North Raleigh area. And so oh, that's wow, where we okay. kind of, yeah, I'd already, I'd started a, a small uh, partnership with a couple other guys and we had bought, started buying properties in that in 2013. And so I'd started to really ramp it up. I would say after uh, beginning that five points project that we had done. Um, and then, yeah, just have you know, been very passionate about doing it since. And it, it's been kind of the build, you know, uh, build well slow where it's like, I mean, it starts to snowball 
you know, when, when you have W-2 income and you're able to live off of that money and then your real estate income is just basically building up so that you can use it to buy the next property. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, but I, yeah, I was thinking about that is as far as like the secondary income, I think at least for me, mm-hmm. right. I, I have accidentally benefited from a lot of the principles you've benefited from intentionally, (laughs) right? Like I never had a credit card or debt because like mostly I was too lazy to figure out a credit card. I was like, ah, I'll just write it out, (laughs) you know? And then uh, just very recently I did become an accidental landlord. Like I have some people renting my last house and it just, it just happened. Like somebody wanted to rent that I knew at the same time yeah. I was moving. I was like, great. Yep. Uh, but when you think about like a secondary income or um, a passive income, I think maybe the reason people get so like we, at this point, I'm sure many of us know friends who are basically day traders. Yeah to oh, some yeah. degree or another. Like they got their job, but they're trying to just make moves all the time. Yeah. Right. Like I wouldn't really know how to go about any, it, it feels like learning a whole nother profession. And I think that's what fascinates a lot of people when they find out like you have a, you can maintain a thriving business over here while working a full-time job over here. Like the thing I want to do is write. I I can't do both at the same time and it doesn't make any money, yeah. right? Like Tommy, what would you even turn to if it's like, okay, you, you need to start building uh, passive income? It's like, I guess I would just think real estate because that's what I've, I've seen Matt yeah. do. <clears throat> but there's not a lot of ideas that spring to mind. Well, I mean, to me, it's yeah. what about this, you know, this podcast that you're doing right now? I mean, you guys have uh, incredible content. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you could kind of venture into like, you know, investing in digital assets, you know, meaning like content or creating a, you know, don't, don't say yourself short. We've, we've talked about turning the podcast into an NFT. <laughs> there you go. I've heard about yes. the NFTs. Yeah, I've heard about <laughs> NFTs. Yeah. Well, let, I think Zuck wants in on this so, one. So what I was going to say, though, at the beginning, one of the main reasons why I bought my, I got my real estate license was I, you know, when I was in school, I studied finance and like I really wanted, I've always like loved personal finance and read a, you know, a lot of books on it. Just, I don't know why, but it's just something I've always kind of gravitated towards. So one of the things that I really want to do is kind of help people debunk the myth that it is very challenging to get into real estate investing and mainly like Mm. just, you know, friends and family or people who have asked me about it. I'd never been equipped before to be able to actually help people and get compensated for my time. But now that I'm a real estate agent, I can basically help people and kind of show them. And I mean, a lot of times it's not even... Yeah, like I don't offer property management services. So it's just really kind of helping them uh, potentially buy a project, connect them with contractors, show them the different uh, uh, tools that they can use for rent collection where people don't even need to send checks in the mail. I mean, there's a lot of really cool, very inexpensive technology 
you know, in the, uh, the real estate space. And, um, yeah, so it's something that I, I don't think everyone should try to have. Maybe if you're not passionate about it, don't try to have, you know, mm-hmm. a dozen properties, but if you, for me, it's like, you know, a good personal financial plan is diversification. So one thing that I love to like help friends with is, um, for college planning, you know, buy a, buy a mm-hmm. property when your kid, you know, is one or two years old, uh, treat it like put it on a 30 year mortgage, treat it like a 15 year mortgage at the end of, you know, when your kid's ready to go to college, you've got a property that tenants have paid for that you have a lot of equity in. You can either sell it, use the money to pay for college that way, or you can use the cash flow to pay, pay for college. And, um, that's a great idea. So, and I, and I helped my pastor do that when his you know, daughter was one, you know, and I was an agent and I've still kind of helped him manage it. And it's just really cool to see like, you know, I mean, he made a sacrifice when he, you know, at that point to save up some money to do it, but that's been a really great asset for him. And so anybody can do it. You know, it's just one of those things where you gotta, yeah. if, if you have somebody who can help you kind of nudge you along and, and teach you the right way to do it and not feel like it's a big risk then it can make a lot of sense. Well, one of the things I love about that first and foremost is like, it's essentially why Tommy and I named the podcast. What we did is I think there's a lot of fear when we are unfamiliar with a subject. We're afraid of looking foolish. And when our money gets involved in it, even worse because we're afraid of looking like a failure and so much about what, the concept of success in this country is tied directly to do you have, or do you have not? Yep. Right. So I love that you're helping people navigate that, uh, kind of the whole purpose of education. The second thing I love is like Katie and I were both, we, we cannot say enough times how lucky we are to just not have any sort of student loan debt. Yep. And, we had no idea how devastating that could be or what a lucky break it was. Uh, I've mentioned on this podcast many times, and you guys know from way too personal experience that like the 20s were a little rocky for me. <laughs> took a while to find my stride. And if I had, if I had had like some five $800 payment hitting me every mm-hmm. month, I could have been buried like, like for probably the feel the effects well into my later years, uh, if I ever get out of it. Right. And so just to not have that debt, but I love the idea of a, a plan that isn't just like stacking the cash in a 529, but instead creating like an actual asset. Uh, not that a 529 can't be, yeah. right? It has yeah. its place. Yeah. I, I should I don't want to start talking like an authority on that. It's just not my preferred method. But I love the idea of like of doing the home. And I think uh I've been listening to a guy, Eric Weinstein, he's the managing partner at uh at PayPal, Palantir, Peter Thiel's company. And he talks a lot about um how hamstrung the younger generation is one by the extended careers of baby boomers and like not enough, uh, upper positions in the economy for younger people to migrate upwards into, but two that like 
people hoarding assets for themselves, like, oh, I need three homes, instead of like using one of those homes to give to their child so that they don't have to feel financially burdened and can have kids at a younger age, can, uh, can kind of get life rolling. I just think about that constantly in what I want to give to Walter and Winnie. And I don't mean to to eat up all this airtime, but the idea of the investment college home excites yeah, me. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I never it. thought about well, that. And, I never thought about that. I mean, my, my game plan with that is to, and I've already kind of have an idea of which you know, property I would like to assign to each kid, kind of based on like their personality or whatever. But in, in the ways that I want to teach mm-hmm. them about like the business, but then also just... I mean, you know, like one of the things that I love most about owning rental property is just the interaction that I have with my tenants, you know, and just being able to like, you know, you know, just connect with them, learn more about them. Um, I've had tenants that have been with me for like six years and uh, they're just, you know, if you treat people well, it goes a long way because there's a lot of bad landlords out there. And so you don't say, yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things is even just like introducing them to the property and like having them kind of help out. It's like one of the things that's always the toughest from, from a time perspective is when a turn, when a tenant leaves or the turnover. And so like getting them there, you know, with me to, you know, cut the grass or pick up trash or, or do whatever they you know, need to, to, you're talking about your kids, not the tenants, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. The kids. At, at, okay. Yeah, <laughs> at an age, at an age where it's not like child labor, but I definitely plan on bringing them oh. into the real estate business with their particular property at a at an appropriate age. I was picking up trash on my dad's carpet jobs probably by the age of like six. Yes. That might yeah. be a little oh, bit yeah. of that might be a little extreme, but I definitely wasn't old enough to be doing. Oh yeah, be doing. I it. know, and you weren't riding but, in a car seat uh, on the way there either. Because I definitely wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was riding in the back of a big white box truck. That's what I was doing. Yeah, we had a station wagon. And I remember like my dad sticking his arm out sometimes when he had to yeah. you know, slam on the brakes. So what would be – and I think some of this, you just have to kind of do it. Like you just have to just go in and you know have 20%, 25% to put down. And you just need to just cut your teeth. Yep. But for someone maybe – who's a little more risk averse, Mm -hmm. like the man sitting in front of you talking Mm -hmm. right now. You said you've read a lot about personal finance. I presumably you've read some stuff about like real estate investing, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where, where would someone start? Like what would someone go look at? Like maybe there's one book that's like, this is simple and it makes it easy. Or maybe it's a podcast or a blog or, or something. Yeah. So I would say probably the best site from a real estate education standpoint is a site called bigger pockets. Um, it's, you know, set up like a forum where you can go in and ask questions. They have, um, I forget what the link is. I think it's the ultimate beginner's guide. It's like an ebook that you could probably read in like an hour. It's a really, I mean, they, they just pump out very good content. They have multiple podcasts. Um, I mean, there's, I, I could go down this rabbit trail and tell you five or six different guys, but there's another guy who I really like, uh, his name's coach Carson. He's uh, based in Clemson, and I mean, he's his content is incredible. He's got a great website. I think it's CoachCarson.com, but he um, he is very good. I mean, he he has that you know kind of that Dave Ramsey mentality of like the heart of a teacher, where he just does a very good job of explaining things and 
Um, but yeah, it's a great, um, those are yeah. some great resources. Those, those, those are good starts. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Bigger pockets. Yeah. It's a good name. I love that yeah. name. Yeah. It's a great name. Uh, Man, I have a few things I want to ask about. This one we can knock out quick. Um, I was listening to somebody I think you told me about years ago, and then I happened to come across him again. Uh, Mr. Money Mustache. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about the 25X rule yep. uh, for financial freedom, basically. Yep. Is that a solid rule, or is it just kind of like an idea to like? I mean, get you well, out there. I think. Hey, real quick, because I've oh, li- I've, li- I've listened to Mister Money Mustache on probably the Tim Ferriss show. Probably is where I saw him, and I was fascinated by him because the name is ridiculous. But hmm. maybe uh, I think I know what the twenty five X rule is, but maybe like a quick second on what that even is. Yeah, sorry, I meant to explain it, uh, and. Rain me in here, Matt, if I'm wrong. The 25X rule is when your uh, net worth is 25 times your annual expenses. So the idea being that you can live off just your net worth, that it will generate enough interest to pay for all your needs. So then you're, you're a pirate. You you don't need anybody else anybody else's assistance to live your life. Got yeah, it. it's great. So I think, and I, the fire movement is like definitely a crazy rabbit trail that you can go down. There's a lot of very good uh, blogs and podcasts, and yeah, say fire, yeah, movement? financial independence, retire early, is what that, yeah. Ah, and so mi- mi- Glad you clarified yeah. that one because I thought we were just talking about something it, that was hot. Yeah, yeah can't be touched so, so Mr. <laughs> like, I, I would say mr money mustache is probably like the pioneer of the fire movement though so i mean his, whenever his blog came out i mean people were just like blown away and he's got yeah a very strong following and um I, i've always kind of referred to it as the four percent rule which it, it basically is the same thing where you're basically taking four percent of your um, portfolio living off of that um i would say the thing that's that I've focused on is and I think it is a real thing, but what, what I'm trying to do like in my life is I want to continue to grow because I like growing. I don't, and I won't, I'm, I am like thinking through like the best ways to like, you know, pay down debt. And, um, that's what I really like about the guy, Chad Carson is everyone doesn't have to have this like massive portfolio. It's really about creating the lifestyle that you, the best, you know, fits you and your family and what you want mm-hmm. to accomplish. And so I, um, I mean, I'm focused on just, I just really enjoy going out and finding different markets, trying to find like, you know, in this area, like the, you know, the, the path of progress or whether it makes sense to look, you know, east of Wake County or if it's, you know, the Fayetteville area or Greensboro. Um, I am, I'm trying to like, kind of buy more on a principle of purchase price to value. And I'm specifically focused more on kind of a, an income amount per property. Um, but mm. yeah, I think the 25 X rule in particular really is for people who are putting a lot of money 
in the market and they're drawing down mm-hmm. from retirement at a later date. Um, well, I think the reason, yeah, I think the reason I even wanted to bounce it off here is because to me, it seems like a lot of what we talked about uh, with the Dave Ramsey principles is short-term sacrifices for long-term benefit. Yep. And the FIRE movement, as I now call it, is <laughs> a, is like the most extreme version of that. I will, I will sacrifice to the ultimate degree to be completely free. Yeah. And yet, I don't see the benefit of being completely free if you don't have something that you love doing with your exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. I right? could not agree with that more. And that's... That's the challenge with fire is I think you become so focused on living so frugally that, I mean, you're like creating a lifestyle that, I mean, at least for me, isn't the lifestyle that I would want to live later. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, like what financial independence is being able to live where I want, um, I mean, give to others, um, Take your wife on dates. Yeah, exactly. Right? Take your kids yeah, exactly. places, right? It's, it's not the like, you know, it's like living a life of abundance and, and you know. Um, yeah, there's this there's this weird balancing act, there is, isn't there? Because, because you have these people that, not these people, I guess this concept that you no, can. You can you really write them down. These those twisted people. mess ups. Yes. Does anybody have a pen? Write these names yeah, down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's sort of ingrained that. You, you work for 40 to 50 years, whatever that number is, you save up all your money, and then you go do the stuff you wanted to do. Yep. Like, you go to Hawaii when you're 65. You know, you go in the, you go to Europe when you're, you know, 70 years old. And it's sort of like, how much are you going to enjoy stuff yeah. when, like, it just hurts to stand up sometimes? I mean, me and Dusty are on a path of stretching and muscles, and we're... I'm going to be in better shape yeah. at 75 than I am right now, but but you know what I mean. I'm we're, running a 20k in the morning. If you guys were interested, wow. I'll be interested in fa- tracking you along uh, <laughs> along your Instagram. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll throw some mid run stories <laughs> out there. Awesome. Uh, I'll I'll give you I'll give a Goggins impression. Oh, yeah, de- death taxes. Make and, sure your death taxes. Make sure your dusty, kids aren't uh, listening. Yeah, death taxes and dusty <laughs> run thoughts. I mean, those are those are some guarantees. But uh, but yeah, like there's there's this like. Dusty, you said it. You, you could sprint to the finish line, but if you have no idea what you're going to do at the finish line, or if you don't have anything that you're like passionate about, what are you going to do? Like, yep. what are you going to? You know, it's a little too late to figure it out at that point. And I think you see a lot of people that, you know, um, I mean, I had a guy that picked me up from Enterprise one time, and he was like 85 years old. And I was like, man, what what are you doing? He's like. I got really bored and my wife got tired of hearing me talk. So I'm out here driving cars because I like talking to people. And it's like, you know, that, that's maybe that's his, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think you're right. I think there, if you can get so focused on reeling it in, yeah. you know, it's just like, you know, if, if you were so strict about your diet, you know, and you're going to pass on the, uh, you know, the T-bone or you're going to pass on the cake at a, at a kid's birthday, it's like, what are you going to wait? What are you waiting for? Like, you know, yeah. So there, there is some like enjoying it now while also living within your means. So, yeah, well, that's what I love about your podcast is you guys are kind of pursuing that well-rounded person, 
you know, and, and looking right. at all well, these. I things. think we found him. I think his name is Matt oh, Pittman. Oh, man, please. <laughs> There's so many things. I'm like jotting down notes and the health thing. I'm like, what are macros? I'm like, man, I, I don't oh, even yeah. know about the macros. <laughs> I mean, that's how I got to really tighten up on the – I try to eat healthy and – but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that I've already got. I think you look great. <laughs> yeah. I you concur. look great. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I do think the, for lack of a better term, like I've, I've had my rounds with happiness, but let's say the goal is to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think the word happy can fit a lot of lifestyles. You know, what is it to you? But if the goal is to be happy, I don't think self-denial and ultimate sacrifice should be the goal like you're it seems to be obviously in conflict with what you want yeah and so i'm trying to do as much of what i can now uh to make my life look like i want to look when i can do whatever i want however i want right the way the very simplistic way I, I balance it now is I sleep eight hours. I live my life for someone else for eight hours. And I do whatever I want for eight hours. And whatever I want has become like my family, my writing, and exercise. And this, and this podcast. That's really, that's really all of it. Yeah. And, the, and if I can make the eight hours for somebody else... If I could just put them all in the the intellectual writing bucket, the physical exercise bucket, the emotional family bucket, like if I could take the eight hours for someone else and just make that a 16-hour block, that's it. I'm already there. But I don't think there's like some different life out there waiting for me when I've reached this, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like this, you know, magic number that you're probably never going to hit. You know, it's like, so that's where I think finding contentment and finding, you know, kind of your perfect lifestyle now and then figuring out what it costs and then backing into that. Right. Mm. So that's, yeah, I I have a, I have a thought, Matt, that I, that I want to bounce off of you because I think and, and so, you know, part of this comes from, you know, lis- listening to different podcasts, like hearing someone like a Matthew McConaughey or, and I heard uh, Joe Rogan say it today, like super busy guys, people calling at them from all directions. They have families and so forth and their hands are in a lot of stuff. They make lists at the beginning of every day. And even if it's McConaughey is even as much as like wipe my butt, like he like puts that on his <laughs> list, like something simple that he knows he can mark off. Yeah. So, you know, just to frame it up, you know, you have three kids. You are you back in the in the tech sales I am, world? Yep. Yeah, so you're in this and you and you have been for a long time, yeah. for the, the the better part of a decade. Yep. You have real estate properties all over kind of the central North Carolina area. Just say the southeast. <laughs> yeah. All over all the, over the yeah. southeast. All over the southeast. A good uh, a good Midwest boy with some southeast properties. <laughs> And, you know, and you still, you know, and, and, you know, as well as playing basketball and, you know, all these, all these things, how do you manage all that? Do you make lists? Yeah. How do you manage a day to day when somebody else is paying you to do a job, Yep. but you're like, I'm going to go to my property today. Like, so how how do you manage all that stuff? Well, I think part of what's cool about my new company or the, my new old job 
is I, I'm calling <laughs> on the West Coast. And so I've been working with firms in this territory for, I mean, basically the last 10 years. And so oh, okay. um, I'm really able to do a lot of real estate, you know, as far as like, you know, going to, you know, job sites and, and meeting with contractors, I can do that, you know, kind of early in the morning. I mean, my day typically starts around 1030 as far as like my day, my day job time. Um, and it's something I, I still am. Joanna has been helping me a lot with like kind of creating at the beginning of the week, um, a schedule for the week because mm-hmm. a big part of, you know, what I love so much about like Joanna's homeschooling our boys three days a week and, uh, starting in, you know, later this fall, she's going to homeschool five days a week. So she's just really loved it. And one of the things that, um, you know, she's been kind of pushing me to do and, and something that I've really enjoyed doing is even just doing a lesson per week. And so kind of scheduling around that, um, you doing a lesson for the kid, like you being the teacher, yeah, something that like an idiot can't mess up, you know, substitute, <laughs> yeah, right. substitute. Right. <laughs> it's going to give yeah. you absolute hell yeah. today. We'll be watching <laughs> a video. Right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, it's, it's still kind of new. I mean, cause I've really ramped up real estate stuff in the last mm-hmm. six months to a year. And, yeah. um, but I'm able to work and perform um, in my job because I do have the contacts and I just really know it. And it's funny when I, when I had the time and the opportunity basically presented itself to come back, I was like, man, I, I love the people I worked with. Um, I, I kind of, you know, missed the travel and like being able to kind of, um, you know, go and do trips out West. I think we actually might as a family do something if, if COVID allows, um, this summer, um, go out West. And, um, so, yeah, I would say I'm very much still figuring it out, but I have yeah. I have definitely been doing a lot of to do lists. There's a Microsoft to do list app that you know syncs up with my phone, and I'm just basically like when something comes to me, I just add it, add it, add it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Microsoft. Did you? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. As you're saying this, didn't you guys move to California like for a? A period of time we so it, we did uh 45 days out there and it was okay yeah i would say it was probably the best trip that as our you know, as a family we've ever done um it was a really cool experience just to basically uh you know typically from may through september i'm on the road all the time and uh, one of uh, my boss lived in the Berkeley area and I basically went to him. I said, Hey, listen, yeah, I've got two young boys. Um, it would be really awesome if there's any way I, I had to basically make the case to him and say, Hey, here's how many times I travel out to California. Here's what it typically costs. Yeah. Would you be open to, and we basically like split the costs and, um, and it was, I mean, the best money ever spent it ended up being so expensive yeah. cause like going out to California and just going out to eat every night, which is pretty much <laughs> what you do. And we stayed at yeah. one Airbnb in yeah. LA for three weeks and we you know, did some meals, uh, but you just want to go out and experience and. Well, you're there. Yeah. You're the, like, it's, so it goes sure. back to like, yeah. what are you going to shut, shut yourself in? No, we're living frugally yeah, exactly. here. We're having oh, yeah. and I, apples and peanut butter for dinner. Don't you enjoy yeah, it either? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was a really <laughs> incredible experience and. Um, yeah, we'd love to recreate it in 2021. I, ha- I have is a, that the a, trip a, of the home invasion? It is. Man. I think about that story all the time. Yeah. Tommy, have you heard the home invasion? I've heard uh, the home invasion. Yeah, it's not a good story. 
It basically, are you able to share it? I don't know. I mean, he might be listening. He might know that I'm coming back. <laughs> we don't really. He's a. Yeah, basically, to to summarize the story in like 30 seconds, we were at an Airbnb in the Pasadena area in LA, and it was a yeah nice area. We weren't worried about crime at all, but it had one of those just doors that you like punch in the code. I think it was our second to last night or third to last night. And all of a sudden, like we hear the, the code opening and I'm, and, oh and I'm like, you know, and, and our boys were staying in the room closest to the door. Naturally. And, and yeah. so I'm, I'm a very heavy sleeper as dusty you know, knows from road trips back in the, it's, I mean, I, I don't wake up for anything. Terrible. Bed yeah, jo- Joanna like nudged me, said, Matt, somebody's in the house. And I just like instincts kicked in. I started just like very weirdly roaring like a bear and like running <laughs> at this guy or whoever. And they just took off. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So, well, bears are very prevalent in the Berkeley area. That's, I mean, that's, that's just, right. yeah. but <laughs> I, his instincts but, were but on that, point. That's always what I thought I would do is just act really crazy. And like, you know, yeah. and that's what I did and it works. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's sort of like what my, that's going to be my knee jerk reaction yeah. is just to act like a wild man. Yeah. Just like start getting foam to go out of your mouth and just start acting yeah. like a real yeah. nut. Yeah. That's what I did. Well, the reason I think about it all the time is like, so when uh, when everything first flared up around the protests towards the beginning of the pandemic, and we had some, uh, you know, we had some businesses that were broken into here in Raleigh, near where Katie and I live. The National Guard had like Hummers and guards parked across the street from our house. I could see them from our bedroom window. And... The idea of home invasion is like once you have kids becomes the scariest yep. thing you can yeah. think about. And Matt is really the only person I know personally who's had like an experience <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like that where somebody uh, and because it's because it was successful <laughs> and because I've thought about it so many times, I almost know like if somebody breaks into my home at three AM I'm just gonna be like <laughs> exactly just <laughs> I mean, Joanna <laughs> describes the noise that I made as something that she's never heard another human make you know, in her entire yeah. life. So, it's good. but it's yeah, good you got to be careful, Dusty. Just don't choose the wrong bear. Like you might end up like Yogi Bear or Winnie the Pooh. That's and just right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Come on in. Uh, Did you bring a picnic basket? Oh, that's good. That's wild, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a friend right now. There, um, they have a pull behind trailer. Or camper, yeah. not trailer. And they have like their dirt bikes and bicycles in it. And they're literally just driving around the country with their kids because they're, you know, their kids are remote learning. Yeah. And they're just hitting up like bike parks and motorcycle parks and going all over, literally from like Maryland to uh, Washington State down to California, wow. I mean, yeah. all over the place. So it's it's pretty cool following them and, and seeing their journey as they go around. But that's pretty wild. That's a wild story. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, real quick, Matt. Uh, I wanted to ask real quickly about some of the practices you use with your boys on uh, passing along some of the financial intelligence, like, and then get into some quick hitters and weekly segments and get out of here. But what are some of the practices you've done with the boys from when they were younger to even right now to help them start to pick up some basics of finance? Yeah. <clears throat> Well, so 
we got them, I'm trying to remember when we got it for Rylan, I think he was five, and then we probably got it for Griffin when he was four, just because he saw you know, Rylan's little blocks. But we we basically got him three blocks that say spend, um, or, or uh, save, spend, give. And we mm-hmm. have, you know, Joanna's done a great job of kind of coming up with different chores for them around the house. And it's basic stuff like putting the dish, you know, putting the uh, silverware away. And uh, I can't wait till they're old enough when I can just like put them in the yard. It's going to be amazing. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I pay, I pay ever for picking up the pine cones. I don't feel like picking yeah. up. Oh yeah. It's going to be so great. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty basic thing that we got. I think we got them on Amazon and then we, yeah, once their, their give thing gets big enough, then we actually just have them like put the money in, you know, the offering basket. Um, you know, and kind of explain to them, talk through it with them. I think one thing that is fun and that I really want to do with Ryland in particular, just because he's asking a lot of questions, because he's, you know, he's just like, a, he's already like a big saver and uh, he really wants to find ways to like earn more money. And he keeps trying to get Joanna to like make lemonade and, you know, go goes out and does the lemonade stand and start a stand. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, oh, listen, yeah. we can't keep doing this unprofitable business. This isn't working for our household. Like, do you know how much this <laughs> lemonade costs? And so, but, but like even just kind of giving him an idea at a young age that like, I mean, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of kidding about the lemonade business is a great idea and, you know, cutting grass when it gets a little bit older or whatever is really great. I think principles to teach them, but, um, just talking to him about it. I mean, kids are so curious. He's asked all these questions. And I think, um, yeah, just one thing that I've, um, really enjoyed about COVID is just being home so much and just having more time and slowing down and being able to just have conversations with them. I mean, they're just such curious little guys. And they, if you would even, you know, want to explain something that you're passionate about, they always want to listen. And you'd be surprised at even uh, uh, how much they're getting it and the really good questions they come up with. Huh. Yeah, I've been, you know, Walter's only two, but I, I can't help but be fascinated by and start thinking about, like, the the programs I can build that would help him grab onto some of these yeah. things. And I, I've, I do remember you talking in the past about the spend, uh, save, give. And I loved that giving was like a foundational block. Like not even as much for like the good it does in the world, but just because I think it's so emotionally healthy yeah. to not be afraid to let go mm-hmm. of it. Like, hey, a portion of this is is not yeah. yours. Uh, I think that's awesome. S- Tommy, hey man, I don't want to move too quickly no, here. No man, if, that's uh, good. No, that that's I, okay. I was I was taking notes, man. So <laughs> Everett's just getting to that age now where he's like, yeah. where we need to. We do give him money for chores, but he thinks as soon as the piggy bank's full, of, you know, it's time to go to Target and buy a new toy. Oh yeah, well, and that's how I mean, and, our middle son is not he's not really gravitating towards it. And so we're not like, you know, I mean, I, it was so funny. He, he cut up or he ripped a $5 bill the other day. And I had to, I was like, oh what are you doing, man? You can't like, we can't even use this. And so yeah. I was like, yeah. and, and it was funny. Cause I was, I've heard that you can go and like take the damaged money to the bank and they will actually 
So I was like, well, Griffin, here's your opportunity. You can go to the bank teller and tell them why you damaged the $5 bill. And he's like, no, dad. Oh. And I didn't like make him do it, but I was like, yeah, right, right. But anyway, so yeah, I think different kids kind of, you know, pick up different things and are drawn to things are at earlier. Ages. Well, I thought it, but you're right. There, there's this simplicity to it where I think, I think he and Annie were together and she, she had like five bucks and gave it to a you know homeless person. He, I think he gave, might have given it through the window or something like that. And I, and I want to say he said, you can put this towards buying a home or something yeah. like that. And it's like the simplicity of it. If I can just instill that on a regular basis, it'll start to make a lot of sense. To yeah. Him, but yep. anyway, like that. do you have any other uh, Matt, not Tommy, Tommy, I've heard, I've heard your stuff. We talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have any other specific uh, skills or practices that you think about regularly that you're like, I want the boys to nail this. Like if they have this, yeah, I'm going to feel good. So I would say, um, kind, generous and empathetic. Mm. I mean, cause that's like the things that I just, I always like, I think empathy is the one thing that I'm always thinking about with my tenants in any situation. Um, and I think it's just, it, you know, I mean, I, another one I would add is probably, you know, humility or just being up, like never treating someone, you know, differently than the way that you would want to be treated. I mean, basic golden rule stuff. But um, I think in principle, you don't see a lot of people playing that out. No, you're right. No, it's it's so weird because it's one everyone knows and everyone's bad at. <laughs> yep, you just yeah. can't help it. Do you currently have a process you use when making a big decision? Like, is there something like okay, like um, or at this point, do you feel pretty confident and just like I know what? Yeah. I'm doing. Well, it's funny. I I have a couple friends who. I always kind of talk through really big financial decisions and um, yeah, I mean, I think just kind of giving them the full picture um, there. One, one guy in particular is a guy who I worked with for 10 years and he's become one of my closest friends. Um, well, actually both of them. Uh, the, the other guy was my former boss, the guy that was in Berkeley and they just, they're always, um, just really good sounding boards. Um, I, I definitely talked to my mom and dad about some things, but there are some things that you can't really share with your parents without it getting like a little uncomfortable, you know, or it's like, Oh, well you don't really know this situation or they, they might not. And that I'd rather kind of keep it that way. Uh, but that is so helpful. And, uh, another guy too is, um, well, I can, I can name drop Ryan Goss. He's, he's become a, he's a you know, business partner, good friend. He's uh he's kind of my security blanket on keeping me in check on some things. So he, he does things well that, uh, we, we compliment each other well. So he's quite analytical. Yeah. Yes, I would say yes, he is. And, and does a, and does a fantastic Canadian accent. Yeah. He, he always talk <laughs> he always tries to talk me out of the things that I still end up doing though. So it's really like, mm. I, but I always, that's great. But I always hear him out and it's normally things that we're doing together or I mean, when, when he's trying to talk me out of it. Um, 
but yeah. Gas pedal and brake. Well, That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, I was just about to say. I think it's awesome to have a person like that because, like, for me and my marriage, Katie is a fantastic balance to my character traits. Like together, I think we're really, you know, we're not perfect, obviously, but we're pretty excellent at seeing all the sides yeah. of a decision before we make it, and then making sure we're teamed up when we do it. That said, it is not good for her to be like the sole voice of dissent in my yeah. life. Like having somebody else that I can go to so she doesn't always have to be the one correcting me mm. is... Oh, yeah. I think that's awesome that you have that in Yeah, class. oh, yeah. And also, I mean, from a relational component, you know, anytime that I'm ever getting ready to do like a very big... Or, I mean, not very big, like I'm doing anything really that big, but anything like business-related... I'm always talking to Joanna and she gives like such great relational, practical, you know, like let's play this thing out. She, she's so much better at like, you know, like seeing how it's going to uh, impact me or, I mean, kind of thinking through it too. Like, well, why are you taking this on? She asks just good questions like that about, well, what's the ultimate goal and why, you know, why is it worth doing this? And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, mm. it's a great point. It's not, you know, and so I've, I've started trying to, like, <laughs> learn how to do more of that. Like, not just being more specific, intentional, and not just be, like, you know, um, constantly, like, chasing, you know, the next thing. What's something that, do, do you get a feeling or do you have a knack for when you feel like something's a good idea? Like, when something just sparks up and you're like... I want to pursue that. Yeah. Is is it just like a feeling? Do you do you yeah. ser- like seek this stuff out? That's a great question. I I think I mean, I would say I look at a lot of things and I I don't normally um I would say like for probably five every five or six transactions or properties I look at, I probably like well, it's, it's probably a lot more than that. It's probably every 20 I look at, one, like, I'll get excited about. Mm. Um, and then one, like, I'll really pursue. And then that's when I kind of start going down the process of, you know, underwriting it and getting, you know, more excited about it. Then I'll go see it. Then I'll... Um, yeah, part of my part of my overall journey, not that anybody cares, but I'll share it. Of course we care. Is... I'm I'm generally care, I'm generally the person that I'm not going to listen to a sales pitch. Like I'm not going to listen to if someone brings me an idea, I'm already thinking of ways that I think it's a terrible idea. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not much of a risk taker. Mm-hmm. And so like you could bring me the best idea. Maybe at one point you came to me and said, "Hey, do you want to go into this real estate stuff?" and I would I would have been like Ooh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know much about that. And so therefore I'm going to keep my hands clean of that. Yeah. And I get in my own way. You do put a very high cost on action. A high cost like, on action. Yes. Yeah. Very high cost on action. And it's something I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of soften the edge of that. Um, it's just like, I, I told you, we saw each other every day. I told you guys, I loved playing basketball as a kid, Yeah. but I wasn't great at it. And so 
the cost of me going to try to play was like, I could make a fool of myself. I'm not going to be great. I'm going to sit on the bench. And, and that, that same behavior pattern has sort of made its way into my adult life, unsurprisingly. Um, and so, you know, it sounds like what you're saying is, is you, you sort of follow your intuition, but you don't, you take a lot of appointments um, and you allow the them to play out. Whereas I might, I'm if 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 I put myself in that scenario, I'm not looking at twenty houses. Yeah, I know what I want, and I'm going to the one house that I want. And if I don't get that one, then it's a failure, and I should not be doing this. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part <laughs> so, of that too is just by doing something more, you know. And it's like if that's something that you really enjoy doing, it's like, I mean, like I wouldn't ever try to do, you know. I mean, like a muscle up or you know the crossfit that's what it's called right the muscle up and yeah it's like i, I oh, know yeah. i'm never oh, even yeah. gonna you know it's like you build up the confidence You'd surprise yourself you build up the confidence you because yourself. you've you've done it enough and you've even like you know done deals that you thought were going to be great that were kind of you know okay or you you just i feel like you know you and that's where, where i think it is important though to to be balanced and to not just keep you know i guess you know let your uh let your guard down and then you end up doing something that's really dumb but I think yeah. I've just become a lot less risk averse in that particular area. But it's because I've, you know, I've done, you know, done enough where I've, I've kind of learned and I'm you know, still not an expert. Or, um, yeah. Well, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, and Tommy, this, this, I think will mesh with things we've talked about. It's kind of like, uh, like professional vulnerability in a way. It's like by putting himself out there time and time again, like he's become somewhat anti-fragile to the investment process. Like, it, which is kind of what you hinted at before, Tommy. It was just like, well, you kind of have to just get out there and cut your teeth on it. But I really think it's just uh, an accept, like you kind of have to accept you might fail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like, I yeah. would be very uncomfortable trying to like write something on a blog, you know, where it's like Dusty can crank out, you know, 500 words in a day easily. And like, uh, I've, I mean, so it's just, I've, I've gotten plenty of bad comments. Yeah. You I think remember I'm you back in the examiner <laughs> days and I was, I was there from there. Market BKC. Yeah. I remember that. Bingo. Yeah. The mail playbook.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've had some, and I mean, yeah, look at what you're cranking out now. Yeah, you got a novel coming, and you know you're an incredible writer, and uh, I'm sure there's yeah a lot of big things in store. There is a lot of uh, well, there's a lot of things you've talked about here that are kind of coalescing as we get to this, which is like understanding what it is you actually want, not being afraid to expose yourself to mm-hmm. it which I think starts with the financial piece. Can I look at the ugly mess of debt or whatever the struggle is so that I can make sense of it and get through it? And then it's not some magical bullet, but can I make the necessary sacrifices, look at the entirety of my life, partition my discipline, and allow time to improve the situation? And the to me, the thing that has made that really easy so, like, I write a list down every day, too. It's just pre-written. It's that accountability mirror I do every day. 
And like, those are the things I do every day to make sure that the system runs well, that I accomplish these things. And then I make this slight incremental progress. And if the thing you want to do is right, then like that thing you need to write down that you have to do is the 500 boards a day. If that thing you want to do is investment property, well, then, you know, start with a smarty pick. Account yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You're right. It's like you, you need to start building that capital. Yeah. Like whatever, or, or even takes. just start. There's so uh, many different way, things that you could do, or even just start looking at things and then figuring. Yeah, you know, it's like the best way to learn is to do it. Just start looking at deals and analyzing deals, and you know, then you'll figure it out. When when the one comes, you'll be like, oh wow, I've actually found one that I think actually works. And I think a big part too of where I go with real estate is I always kind of think through like what's the worst that could happen. And most of the time, it's just mm. you know, keep it as an investment property, or I rent the, rent it for a little bit less. And so I still am pretty conservative in my approach. I mean, I'm not like you don't want to go where my head goes when you say, "What's the worst that could happen?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a sinkhole that swallowed the household, and insurance denied the claim. <laughs> you know, that's the exact. That's actually the exact thought that came to my mind was a sinkhole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So, uh, real quick. And then we'll uh, we'll move on to the weekly segments. I don't know if I mentioned this, guys, but I'm running 20 kilometers in the morning. Man. And I need to sleep. We're in America. How many the, miles is that, bro? Yeah, I know. It's like 10, 5, <laughs> 3, uh, I don't know. It's, exact conversation, Katie, and I had. Where are you running this, in Germany? <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> on the auto, the autobahn. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, do you have a goal time in mind? This is we're, this is going to go no. into the ether. So, no, I d- d- if I if I don't finish in two hours, I will be so disappointed. It's roughly about twelve miles. Twelve miles. I would love to keep a sub nine minute pace, uh, but we'll see. the The furthest I've ran in the last year is six miles, and I was able to keep about an eight forty pace. Stretching that out to double the distance could be a little rough. Yeah. So for, I will say this for all the fitness and you know, this from doing like a lot of different methodologies, I can, I can get great at the Peloton. It does not necessarily transfer (laughs) to running on a road. Yeah. It's just a different thing. It's like basketball running versus, uh, running, running. I'm yeah. Yeah. Running, running's way worse. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the things I, and I'll try to tie this up on this question, then we'll move. Uh, the thing I've said repeatedly about Financial Peace University, and I really do think it was a turning point in my life, not, not necessarily because like I, my financial situation changed drastically after that class, but because Katie and I took it together after we got engaged and talking about the way we spent money forced us to talk about what we valued mm-hmm. in life. And I think that's the, the real secret to money, right? It's the universal placeholder of value. I'm sure there's like Bible verses on this, like show me where a man spends his money and I'll show you where his heart is or something yep. like that. Uh, It's a timeless truth. And so the thing I always tell everybody, uh, because I've got a lot of younger people that I manage, and they're engaged or they're getting serious with somebody, 
And I'll just tell them like, hey, when this gets to the point where you guys are like moving in together or making a life together, I don't, it, it doesn't have to be financial peace. I, I'd recommend it, but like take a serious finance class together. Yep. And to me, it is, it is some of the best counseling, co-counseling you yeah, can do. Yeah, I 100% agree. So I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and like, that'll be my recommendation. When we get to the recommendation part, you've heard it go. here. Uh, but I wanted to use that segue. You, you're coming up on 12 years of marriage. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, no, we're, we've, no, we've, what? we've surpassed 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> so what's a, just 12 yeah. years, what's a great lesson or a piece of advice from your marriage on marriage? Uh, that's a great, well, I would say, I mean, just, it's incredibly important with having, you know, three young children, um, to just really focus on dating your wife, you know, and still, um, I mean, for me, like, uh, trying to give her, you know, her own time or just the chaos of having three, you know, little boys and, um, just being able to have like really intentional conversation. So one thing that um, I've just been really challenged on is like when I come home, yeah, you know, five five thirty, to just like have an hour, and it, it's not always an hour; it's forty five minutes. But I try to just keep my phone in the other room, and it's amazing how much um, just that means to Joanna. And uh, yeah, there's a I think. Um, that plus, you know, I mean, just pursuing her daily, but also, um, you know, constantly trying to figure out, you know, find new ways to show her that you love her and that you care and that you appreciate her. Mm. I can say from us, I think I've told you guys this, um, non on podcast, but here on a podcast, let me say, I know you're only 17 days older than me. <laughs> um, but, but I will say that, um, I've had a lot of respect for, for you too. I mean, I've seen you guys you know, probably since what's first or second year of marriage ish yeah. somewhere around that time frame, and, and seen how you guys are with each other, seen how you guys are with other people. And it's definitely been, um, an encouragement for me. Wow. Uh, Cause I was single for a lot of those yeah. years. Um, and, and also kind of a, a bit of a, um, almost, I, I won't say a blueprint cause you know, everything has its own, everyone's individuals, but there's definitely a, a way you guys go about things with each other that has been admirable. So, wow, man, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all have all outpicked right. our coverage. No doubt about no. it. <laughs> no question. <laughs> there's a, it's funny. I was listening to a death cab for cutie song i don't know you guys are are, are down with death cab right yeah anyway oh, yeah. At, the, at the end of the song he says uh one of the, the lyric is like because uh, you can do better than me but i can't do better than you <laughs> <laughs> so true i often the most emo way to say I'll, that i'll like look at joanna like and she'll be like why are you looking at me so weird because i'm like i'm like what were you thinking i'm just like man you're just you know yeah. she's just aging so well and you know she's gonna like yeah going to continue to age well and i'm like oh man i gotta like i gotta figure something out you know it's like 
Hey man, you're uh, you're really one of those guys that's built for your fifties. <laughs> it's coming go. around. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's classic. The, uh, I do minor minor side trail on that, Tommy. Is like I always thought it was crazy. Like, how as a guy would you end up with just like a really not I won't be disparaging a not good partner right like it's your choice mm-hmm. and look I I've had some people I've dated who maybe I shouldn't be too proud of myself <laughs> right but but like ultimately when you say like I'm tying the knot and now that like I've been married for a few years I realize like that that's kind of a foolish way to think like there's so much life ahead of you and you don't know how that other person is going to develop it really is just like getting a tremendous stroke of luck yeah uh i'm going to dip into the weekly segments unless there are objections (laughs) no you got to run in the morning so (laughs) yeah guys 20 kilometers the greenway what time are you doing that at is that an early morning run yeah i've got i also have a west coast territory but i've got a I got to be back by ten thirty, so nice. should probably start running at like five a.m. Wow, yeah, yeah you are. Crank, <laughs> it sure get it. Crank it out, crank it out. So the question is, what have I outgrown recently? What am I growing into? What have I outgrown recently? What mm. am I growing into? And uh, I'm going to. I don't have to run for it this time, Tommy. Plug in. I have brought a computer charger, <laughs> so I'll only be away for like five seconds. <laughs> probably this shirt is probably something <laughs> I've outgrown recently. It's <laughs> awesome. I need to think about that one. Dusty, do you have well, – he might be – he's not on the headphones. I am, and I do have something. Well, let, let's, let's, let's lead way. If, if Matt, you, you don't have to answer this if you don't have anything. This is kind of a segment. You can always punt this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say – I'll, uh, I, I, oh, he's ready. One, yeah. <laughs> so I would say, so I would say the thing that I have outgrown recently would be, and this is something, Tommy, I've heard you say multiple times, um, kind of the, the pride of, um, like not being more, more vulnerable. And, uh, so I also, have gone and seen a really great, you know, Christian counselor in the Raleigh area. And I just had so much transition and change in the last six to nine months. And, uh, it's just been so incredibly, uh, it's like a burden's just like lifted off your chest. You know, when you get someone who it's one of those things that it's an investment to me because it's, yeah, I've been meeting and it's you know kind of awkward a little bit at the beginning and it's like, well, you can, you kind of get, get out of it what you put into it. So it's like, oh, well, if I kind of just give him a little bit, then he's probably going to only be able to give me a little bit back. And so just being able to be very real and authentic, you know, has been something that I'm like, man, this is the way to do it in the future. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, man. Thank you for sharing. That is awesome. I, the, the first, there's nothing that's, uh, there's nothing that's less productive than like those first couple times to therapy when you're not really ready yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. 
and you're just like speaking out loud the lies you tell in your own head it's like finally you get around all that and be like okay here's what's really happening so my thing that i've outgrown recently uh uh, this is a this is kind of a tough one to admit it's it's I'll, i'll say generally sports like watching sports, playing golf. Uh, I spent, I don't know what it would have been in, say, high school, college, my, my early 20s, but at least minimum 10 to 15 hours a week watching sports on TV. Mm. Uh, and now it is pretty rare. Uh, like I... I don't really even watch the regular season Chiefs games. Um, I'll I'll get a few in a season. I don't really watch uh, the Kansas Jayhawks games, and those used to be appointment viewing. But like they're either getting in the way of my sleep, they're getting in the way of time I can spend with my wife or my kids. And uh, I think the weirdest thing about it is that I don't really miss it. Uh, and yet I also feel like even, and when I said it's hard to admit, I like, I wear chiefs hats, (laughs) right? And I'll go to the grocery store and a guy will be like, yeah, go chiefs. What about, he's like talking about some like left guard injury. I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm out of the loop. And it was just like a way that I interacted with other men for so long and I've kind of lost it over the last couple of years. Uh, But I think similar to what we were talking about before in the second part of the question, what I'm growing into, is you have to take, you have to sacrifice from one pile in order to give to another pile. And I think the reason I don't miss it is like, I like the other things I'm doing. Like I, I like my kids. I like my wife. I enjoy spending time on Saturday writing instead of camped out in front of a college game. Uh, but yeah, that's that's probably been the biggest one yeah. for me over the last couple of years. I like that. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I um, You're welcome. I can agree with that. So I haven't necessarily... I'm probably not that extreme. I still try to catch the Cowboys games. and <clears throat> But I haven't watched a, a second of the of March Madness. Um, and you know, honestly, I, I think I was headed in that direction, but the, the pandemic was like, was the final catalyst for me in that it, sports weren't on. There was this, there was this first few, like, you know, probably three to six weeks where I was like, what am I going to do on like a Saturday evening? You know what I mean? And you're like, I really just wish I could turn on sports center and just kept, you know, and I haven't grown back into it as much. I mean, yeah, I did, you know, fantasy football and stuff like that. And I still, I, I watched a decent amount of football. I'm not even going to lie. But generally, yeah, I was the same way. It's like, I got to watch the Duke Carolina game. I don't care who wins that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not a game in the world. So, uh, so for me, I think um, I, I've outgrown uh, cynicism, being cynical um, for the most part. For the most part. I was going to say, we had an example today where you were a little bit cynical. For the most <laughs> part. In a lot in a lot of ways, 
uh, I was using it as, uh, and still do, somewhat of a defense mechanism. It came off as being funny, usually. You know, sort of like Bill Murray type, cynical, sarcastic, right? Um, It's a work in progress, but I'm growing out of it. Let's put it that way. If I'm shedding my skin, I'm on the tail end of it. Something I'm growing into... I mean, I th- I'm going to pile on with Matt that it's it's being more vulnerable, being willing to open up to let more people into kind of what's going on. Um, and it's definitely led to better conversations, broader relationships, deeper relationships. So that would be my answer to the card for the week. And thank you for sharing. <laughs> it's my It's my pleasure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, recommendations. You guys have heard mine. Um, if you're in a relationship and you have not done any sort of financial counseling together, knock it out. Pays massive dividends. So I think. Tommy, what do you got for us this week? I oh, think I, I, you're just I jumping know. the line. I know. Well, this, is a, this is someone who listens to the podcast. It is. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and I was ready. thinking about it because you name dropped Smarty Pig. And I was like, man, what could I give them that was as good as Smarty Pig, which none of you guys probably took advantage of. I still am a Smarty I Pig customer, up. by the way. I signed up. Hey, man, I probably still have a capital bank account, thanks <laughs> to you. There we go. That was earning 4% for a while. Incredible. So <laughs> Up to $10,000, yeah. which was about all <laughs> <Yeah>. I had. <laughs> so there is, a, uh, there is a site called Worthy Bonds. And it is a, it's an online savings account that pays 5%. And it's a pretty cool idea of what they're doing. Uh, I mean, when you look at online savings accounts now, which is like how, you know, I have my emergency fund is set up in online savings accounts because, you know, it's where you get the best interest rate. I mean, some of them before the pandemic were at like 0.5 to, I mean, some of them were at even like at 1%, like a Discover Bank or Marcus savings account but this is i mean it's five percent i wouldn't say it's as liquid as a uh savings account but it's yeah if you guys were open to like just kind of putting even a little bit of money in there's no minimum you could put a hundred dollars in and just watch it grow at five percent and it compounds daily um i i listened Mm. to it on a podcast and i was a little skeptical at first and i was and, and it's it's definitely something i would look into um that's, That's awesome. A, yeah. Will you, uh, so Katie and I both keep an emergency fund for each one of us individually. Yeah. Um, held in the same account, but we break them out on our spreadsheet to have that much available. Yeah. Uh, would you just give a brief overview on like about how much a person should keep in an emergency fund and what it's for? Yeah. So I would say three to six months is, um, kind of the general rule of thumb depending on what type of work you do, I would say like maybe go closer to either three or six. Like if you're in a very stable profession, then you could probably be safer with three. If you know, you're in sales or you've got irregular income and you want to, you know, a lot of your commission, it might be dependent on commission and yeah, you know, with COVID or with, um, just, you know, change in, um, you know, president, different economy, a lot of different things are happening in the, the stock market right now. Um, you could, uh, you know, maybe be closer to 6% or six months. 
Mm. Yep. And that's six months of sort of livable livable expenses. Exactly, yeah. So not just six months of income, but six months of your ongoing monthly expenses. And obviously emergency indicating like something catastrophic happens. Yes, yep. Such as like what would you – what would you coin as something catastrophic you might pull from that fund for? I mean it's one of those things where you just don't – I mean – want to pull from it unless you have to. So it'd be anything related to, let's say that you, I mean, in your example, um, that you gave with the leak, I mean, let's say that leak ended up being 10 grand and you were like, well, Hey, this is kind of why that money's there. Let's, you know, tap into that and then just start, you know, putting that 10 grand back. Refilling in. it. Yeah, exactly. Do it in time. And so I think it's really what ultimately is going to, I mean, you have that there to use it in the event that something is very inconvenient. So I would say, yeah. you know, use it when you um, have an emergency. Worthy bonds. Yeah, I love the, yeah, I was going to say, I love the, the 5% because that's, you know, at currently Katie and I can cash flow most things that come yeah. up, right? And so we just have these emergency funds sitting Yeah, and there. earning like nothing. And, yeah, and don't get me started on inflation right now. Yeah, I'm getting. <laughs> we'll have you back on. We'll yeah, have you no, back no, on to no, discuss no, inflation. No. But, Part yeah. two. Well, well, I jumped. I jumped over to the Marcus train a year or two ago yeah. when it was like two and a half percent, two point seven five or whatever. Yep. And I was like, "This is awesome!" And then every other month, it was like, "We're reducing your rate to two point. It's down to 05 percent." Yep. And I'm like, well, I got to find somewhere else to put this. So maybe Worthy Bonds is it. Yeah, I would I would definitely say take a piece of the Marcus and put it in in the Worthy Bonds. Yeah, cool. So for me, I, I didn't put a ton of thought into the, the, the recommendation of the week. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Wow. I know. I know. I was, I'm, really, I'm really slipping. But I will say something that Annie and I have been watching that I thought I was like not going to like at all. Um, that has turned out to be really fascinating and very well produced and done is the crown. Um, mm. it's about the, basically the, the British monarchy starting right around the time of uh, Queen Elizabeth when she was, you know, unexpectedly thrust into the throne at a very young age. And it does a really good job of, of, character de- uh, character development mm-hmm. but it also digs into some actual uh, events that occurred and what that was like for a monarch um, who is in who is be- who is a monarch in the beginning of time when there's like paparazzi everywhere the rest of them could kind of had, before her time could have kind of done whatever they wanted there weren't any cameras you know the big bulb cameras but this is like the beginning of where you have like you know people following them around tracking their every movement they have opinions about the monarchy um so it's been i've enjoyed it much more than i thought i would burger that seems like something you and joanna would watch yep. i would second tommy's recommendation joanna especially loves it um i it's like very rich i can only watch one episode i can't binge watch it but I'm yeah. always like, man, that is so crazy that you know, she had to deal with that. Or, uh huh. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a great show. And and this is coming from somebody that 
I could not care less about anything with the Royals. Like <laughs> when they have like their marriages and stuff like that, I don't care. Um, I mean, good for them. I think it's fantastic or whatever, but, uh, the show does a, is just, it does a really, just a really good job. Like Matt said, it, every episode is very rich, very full of content and characters. And, uh, like I said, I went into it like I'm going to, this is going to be one of those ones where I watch one or two with Annie and then I'm like, you, I'm going to go watch something else. You, you coast on this one, but we're season Man, three. I can't wait to, I can't wait to introduce you next week. He thinks it's fantastic or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tommy Cooksey. Oh, that's great. Very non-committal. <laughs> Dude, burger. Guys, yeah. Thanks, Thank man. you. It was, yes. it was a uh, lot of fun. This was uh, we're we're pushing into a, a two hour mark on on my recording here. Like we're not far away. There's going to be a lot of one and one and a half. X. There's going to be a lot of one and a half <laughs> X listeners on this one. Hey, jam it in. Uh, right. I'm a I'm a speed listener. Yeah, yeah. I'm a one point two five, not yeah. one and a half X, but. Yeah, one and a half's too yeah. fast. You know, I'm not on anything. I'm just a regular old listener. I think that's why <laughs> oh, it takes me so long. Wow. <laughs> Snail brain over here. <laughs> that's so surprising to me from like where you're from. I mean, I know that you always try to convince me that you're from like the farm part of Maryland, but everybody oh, I'm knows from the farm part of Maryland. Things go fast oh. in Maryland. Shooting People. baskets into milk crates, baby. That's what we did. So I honed my game. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, guys, I, yeah, I enjoyed we'll, it. Uh, I enjoyed it, Matt. Thanks for thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, definitely. I mean, these are topics that are really timeless, and I think you know, guys and gals our age maybe haven't paid much attention to this stuff, or maybe you're trying to figure it out. So, um, appreciate you sharing some of that knowledge. Yeah. And uh, Dusty, good luck tomorrow, man. Yeah, man. Twenty k. <laughs> Let's go. Log into your charity miles. Gonna app. earn it. Gonna <laughs> earn it. Uh, yeah, Burger. We'll have you back on the uh, the carriage house is uh, under full renovation right nice. now. They've cut out all the walls. Cement gets poured tomorrow or Thursday, I believe, on the floors. We'll have you back in once oh, uh, once studio. Can't wait up. to do it in person. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, it's gonna be rich. <laughs> yeah, it is. Rich. Yeah, it is. All, all right, guys. Guys. Take care of yourselves. Have a great night. All Talk right, to y'all later. Bye. It's fantastic, or, you know, whatever. <laughs>